Um, let's do it. Let's do it. This show has explicit language and probably has mature themes. Hey, John. Huh? Oh, uh, um, we play that lick for us. Explanations. I'm Dexter Sorensen. I looked some stuff up on Cora, read some Wikipedia, and I'm going to explain that stuff to my friends David Gerondale and Jonathan Cunningham. Hey, homies. Hey, hey what's up? Hey, nothing. We're, uh, it's the one-year anniversary as of this recording of the release of Vision. 52 weeks. 50. Yeah, we've it's, been doing this for one year now. It's kind of crazy. It is. Just because we talked about Vision, don't go listen to it. <laughs> Start with the end of our library and move your way back in yes. time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, he said totally. I, he did. He said totally. Totally? <laughs> he did. Yeah, you he said, said totally. totally. <laughs> <laughs> Usually I meant to say epichode, but I didn't mean to say totally. That's just fun. Got chodes on um, I do have an episode. Oh, what are we learning about? Wait, we're, are we recording? Yeah. We oh, are right. Hell yeah. Okay. And yeah, we for, are. Yes. For an episode. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. What is it? Distinctions between things for the fourth install. You guys both already knew this. Yeah, yeah we already um, knew. <laughs> I, I just, just wanted I, to say the what are we what are we learning? You wanted to be David for a minute. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> so yeah, we uh we got ourselves set up at a studio where Jonathan helps out and uh, has. Well, some he works time. here. He works here. Accrued, he's not like a accrued time. Yeah, he's not for like us a... to be here, and uh, we're in their real studio. Yeah, we're here for free right now because our producer Jonathan Cunningham has earned so many free hours here. Yeah. Um, just because. Thanks, pretty nice. Thanks, John. Yeah. Put in uh, some work. Um. Also, he's not like he's he's not like a he's an audio engineer. So yeah. Here. Do it's you not like he carries crates? So and... I should start the distinctions, or do you guys want to start with yours, or do you want to end with yours, or mix them in? Let's mix them in. Yeah. Let's okay. Mix. So I'm gonna do one, then you're gonna do one. Okay. And then I'll do one. Then you'll do one. Okay. We're you gonna start with half first. <laughs> We're gonna start with half versus halve. Okay. Half versus halve. So a half is an equal part of a separated thing. It's a noun. And half, halve, on the other hand, it's an action or a verb. To halve something. Yeah. So, but... Like to halve and to hold you. <laughs> for Until uh, death do us part. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but oddly, the plural of half is halves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you got two halves of a... You don't yeah. have two halves of a pie. You have two halves of a pie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I said that like I knew one. that, but I don't think I knew that. That's that's, that's actually new to me. Yeah. Um, so what do you got, David? Oh, uh, let's do... Um, one more for me. <clears throat> oh, no, no. Or I was going to say, let's do, let's do the difference between um, prawn and shrimp. So okay. I actually thought that a prawn was just a big shrimp. That's what I was going to just guess. Um, they are not 
actually uh, big shrimps. They are totally separate things, and probably most of what Americans call shrimp are actually prawns. So, oh, really? Yeah. So, you know how "quote unquote" shrimp has like the nice curved back, mm-hmm. like the little curved back with the tail. That's uh, a typical prawn feature. So, prawns, the curved spine. The curved. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, they spine? don't have a spine because they're invertebrates. Yeah. But they have like a curved exoskeleton. Chitinous plate. Chitinous. Yeah. Chitinous. That's how you spe- spell it. Yeah, it's it? chitin, not chitin. Oh, I've been saying that wrong my whole life. Me too, until not that long ago. So don't feel bad. Okay. Um, but so basically, so shrump have straight, straightened chitons. Well, actually, shrimp have a a literal bend in their exoskeleton. So it kind of like from like their a, head, it comes straight back into this saddle shape, and then it goes and then bends downward. Whereas prawns, have what most of us call curve. shrimp, have a nice little curve. Also, shrimp have two pinchers. Prawns, what most of us eat and call shrimp, uh, actually have three sets, six pinchers. Okay. Um, and then there's also differences in like how their plates overlap. But they're yeah, they're not even super closely related. I mean, we're more closely oh, really? related to chimps than shrimp are to prawns. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That is very interesting. Um, Jonathan, what do you got? Uh, all right, I got one that's uh, some life advice as well. Okay. You guys know the difference between a, a call drink and a well drink? A tall drink? No, a call with a C. Call. Sorry, I got that draw no, going. I, I've never even heard of a call drink. So a well no. drink, if you go to a bar and you say, I want uh, whiskey and Coke, you get their well whiskey, right. which is like their cheapest stuff. Is that bottom level versus and, top and level? Well, well stands and for well, well known, right? Well is when you actually... Well is the the one that's in the the well. It's actually called the well. It's oh, the the bottom level. Oh, the bottom, level, the bottom level. Okay. A call drink is when you say, "I want a Jack and Coke." You call your liquor. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. I so like I that. want some Hornitos and lime. So yeah. Instead of tequila I, and lime. Oh, I'm gonna have to cool. find a way to work that into because yeah. that's gonna make me sound so much cooler. Well, you wouldn't you wouldn't call it a call drink while you're ordering it. You would just order a call drink. I know. Yeah. That's why I'm gonna have to find a way to say call drink at some point. Just order a Jack and Coke. I know, but I already do that. So you've been doing. He it just anyway. gave me an opportunity to improve my life by dropping call drink. Yeah. Well, what you do though is you don't say it to no, the bartender. You... you say it to the person you're with. You like if you're yeah, like, exactly. hey, I got this round. You want a well or a call? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm, yeah. Mm. All right, David, what do you... Uh, yeah, your turn, bro. All right, it's my turn. We're going to do de jure versus de facto. Yeah. Um, de jure means by law, while de facto means in fact. Um, here's a good example I read by Isidore Fitzroy on Cora. That's just probably, the, It's probably Isidore. That's an awesome name. Isidore, yeah. It's a fucking awesome name. Holy shit. Isidore Fitzroy. Um, quote, Queen Elizabeth is the de jure head of state in the United Kingdom, while by law the English monarch is the sovereign head of state. In practice, they have very few administrative duties or powers. Those usually fall to the governor general, who is the de facto head of state. Put another way, the monarch is the de jure supreme governor of the Church of England, but the actual administration of the church is carried out by the Archbishop of Canterbury, who is the de facto leader of the Church of England. Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's just de jure and de facto. You might hear that every now and then. Um, de jure means... You hear de facto a lot more these days. Yeah. De, People will just be like, the de facto ruler yeah. of... Yeah. Or like we were talking about uh, assisted suicide. Mm-hmm. And in Montana, 
it's de facto legal because they do it there, but it's not de jure legal because it's not on the books. It's not an actual law that allows oh, them to do it. Interesting. It's just something so it's that just, they it's do. It's just something that doesn't get prosecuted. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah. That's that, that's mine. What else you got, David? Okay, so I'm gonna do the. Um, I'll do fawn versus satyr. The difference between fawn and satyr. So, um, a fawn is Roman, first off, and a satyr is Greek. Um, and Are they both like shaped similarly? Or so. <clears throat> um, originally, no, not at all. Uh, satyrs started off as actually not having any goat-like features. Mm -hmm. They didn't have horns. They had human legs. Um, they were basically always fully erect and had huge penises. Um, and they had a horse tail. So like mainly their, their most animal feature was just the horse tail. Other than All that, right. they were just <clears throat> really ugly by Greek standards. People, they had like snub yeah. noses, big bulgy eyes. Um, oftentimes they were, they had, were balding. Oh, it's like, uh, the, the little dude in, uh, Hercules. Except that he has the goat features. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, he does got the little squat face. And so why that happened. Well, and the goat legs. And oh, goat yeah. horns. But he does have the squat little face. He has an ugly little face, and he's balding. Yeah. You're right. Um, and the little snub nose. And he's kind of he's kind of a creep a little bit. But yeah, so like uh, satyrs are these ugly, um, sexually aggressive creatures that live out in the forest. Uh, but they're like always drunk and just being awful. Fawns, on the other hand, um, do have goat-like features. They have goat legs and goat horns. Are um, they also Roman? They no, the satyrs are Greek. The fawns are Roman. Okay, yes. thank you. And the fawns, they're more of like um, a benign forest spirit, so they're not nearly as like involved in human affairs. They're not. They, there's nothing with the phallus or all that. Um, they're just kind of like forest spirits. Mm. Well, what happened is that as Greek and Roman culture started to merge after the Romans invaded Greece, um, they basically equated they made an equivocation between all of their gods and the greek gods and they started absorbing greek culture and and um modifying it to fit their pantheon and so like basically yeah, yeah. Fawns, they did that with our gods too exactly like yeah there's heracles and then hercules there's zeus and jupiter mm. um so they did the same thing with satyrs and fawns and they basically changed the the satyr from this dude with a horse tail to basically just another fawn, except it kept all of those like ribald aspects. It, it, it kept being. So are you saying, or aggressive. do you know, uh, when the Romans came up with satyr, did they already have the concept of fawn? Well, like, okay, so so they knew about the fawn. Yeah, they, they wanted the to fawn. make their own. No, no, no. They yeah, they invented the fawn. It's just that when they took over Greece, and this process had already started because there is a. There's a god in Greek mythology, Pan, who is just like a fawn. He has uh, horn, uh, goat horns and goat legs, mm. but uh, he's just one dude. He's a god who lives in the forest. It's where the word panic comes from, mm. actually. Mm. Um, he was also in love with really anybody who strikes his fancy. I didn't know that, but yeah, okay. I'm just guessing for pansexual. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so basically it started to change slowly over time from the from this horse dude to a to a goat guy and then when the romans mm. came in they changed it completely but all the early art of satyrs shows them as just dudes with horse tails and big erections oh weird yeah yeah big horse so they got now horse tails and horse cocks yeah hu horse sized human cocks 
Oh, okay, okay. They're always erect. Literally mm. always at full. <laughs> like that guy you saw running? Yeah, who had the <laughs> prospect. Penis. I don't even remember what episode that's a callback to. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, that's David. John, you you want to do one or you want me to do one? Ooh, I, no, I can do another one. Um, mm, if we ever do stalactites and stalagmites. Nice! No, go for it. That's a good one. Uh, stalactites hold tight from the ceiling. Stalagmites grow from the ground because of the things dripping. Like it drips yeah. and then builds up. Yeah, my own. easy way grow. to remember that is stalactite holds tight from the top. That's a good and one. also, you, you, you didn't point this out, but a lot of people mispronounce it. You pronounce it correctly. It's stalac yeah. with a C, tight. Oh, really? And stalag with a G, might. So yeah. stalac. Stalactite and stalagmite. Oh, I always put a G on both. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Interesting. All right, let's talk about clouds for a second. Clouds. Uh, let's talk about first how they form. So the sun evaporates water into water vapor, part of the water cycle. And uh, the evaporated water is lighter than air and starts to raise up into the atmosphere. And as it continues to raise up, lower temperatures, lower pressure, and small dust particles condense it back into water or sublimate it into ice crystals. Yeah, okay, that yeah, that makes sense that it would sublimate sometimes when it's really yeah, cold. Yeah, if it's really cold, it'll So sublimate. you mentioned dust particles there. Yeah. That's really important cuz without is. without little particles in our atmosphere, rain, water would never actually form in the yeah. atmosphere. The reason is is because the larger a droplet of water gets, the faster its outer surface evaporates. And so that leads to a mathematical scenario in which at a certain point, the water droplet actually evaporates faster than it's able to accumulate. And, and that's so just a mathematical a, function. Yeah, you can't to... overcome it without the dust, which then forms the nucleus of these. To to. Exactly. So it forms a surface, a nucleus for the water to form to. And so in essence, the water droplet can get bigger than that threshold because it has surface material other than water. Yeah. And it's just like a really tiny amount of it, but it, that tiny amount catches with and bumps into other little bits of, of water condensing water. Okay, yeah. And as the water vapor continues to rise and condense and bump into other droplets, a cloud forms. Okay. Yeah, so that, that's another weird thing is that like we usually think of clouds as a gas. Yeah. But they're not. No, they're not. They're a suspended liquid. If they were a gas, just the same as all the other air, you wouldn't be able to you see it. You wouldn't see them. Mm -mm. Yeah. Um, I know something about gas. It, it it spans to fill the container it's in. <laughs> Science. Science. Uh, so, but the rising hot air from underneath, because the cloud is heavier than the air. Right, right, right. But the rising hot air underneath it keeps pushing it up. So it's and like so, a bird almost. It's it's using yeah. lift or not actually lift. It's not lift. Sorry. It's like soaring. Power. But yeah, it would, yeah. What's the opposite of glide? Lift, push. I don't know. Downforce. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right. Actually, the opposite of lift is downforce. Um, but if a cloud gets too dense, or the rising air can't keep it up, that's when precipitation happens. Yeah. But we're not there yet. We're going to talk about cloud types. Before, before you get to that, will you uh, will you explain the cloud that holds our nudes? <laughs> yeah how did how did i don't want to explain cloud... i don't want to explain that don't try to hack my passwords <laughs> <laughs> most clouds they're characterized by how high they form in the atmosphere and how they're composed 
or or the cloud can be identified by how high you are when you made it. Yeah, like you, sometimes you might see a cloud that looks like a penis, or sometimes you might, if you're high enough, see clouds that form out the word penis. Yeah, unicorns are pretty common cloud shapes. Yeah, um, dragons and bunnies. Faces. You faces. can see faces. You can see in a face anything. in almost every cloud. You can see a face in pretty much anything, unless you're one of those people who has uh, face blindness. <laughs> like Oliver Sacks. Oliver Sacks. I can't tell the difference we between any Oliver of these Sacks clouds. We love Oliver Sacks on the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's let's talk about the real three types. There's Stratus, Cirrus, and Cumulus. There's a bunch of other different mixtures of those types, but Stratus starts with the root strato for which is Latin for layer, and Stratus clouds are thin sheets of clouds. Like those little wispy ones you see way up that are like yeah. stretched out and well, stuff. Well, actually, they're still uh, lower level clouds. Are they really? Largely. Okay. Um, when, at least when they form. Okay. They can go up and become different things. There's like mixtures of all these different clouds. Yeah, I think each category has like since several it's a cate- dis- Since it's a distinctions episode, we're not going to get too deep into it. Um, but the stratus clouds possibly affect, affect the climate more than any other cloud. Oh, because they form widespreading layers that reflect a bunch of sunlight. Oh, so like when we have like a blanket of clouds over the valley yeah. here, that's stratus. So like a lot of the time when you say it's like really cloudy out, just like a gray, passive, like blob, it's usually stratus clouds. Okay, yeah. Like we probably get a lot of those in Oregon. Yeah, certainly. Uh, cirrus clouds starts with the root which is latin for wisp of hair okay that's the one i was thinking yeah of. those are the those are the ones high, high altitude up. okay those are the high altitude between 7,000 and 1400 meters okay uh they usually consist of ice wait 7,000 and 1400 or 7,000 and 14,000 yeah 14,000 okay. <laughs> <laughs> they usually consist of ice crystals instead of water droplets and uh, yeah, like wisps hair, they just like look like wispy, very high up uh, clouds. Interesting. So that's mostly ice you're seeing then. Yeah, that's cool. Um, they those, move. Those like the like the feathery looking ones. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And they actually move faster than other clouds because they're so high up. Yeah, the air just moves um, way faster up there, huh? So a lot of the time, they'll precede storms that are to come. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They presage bad weather. Yeah. Um, cumulus, the third type is latin for heap or pile okay and it's because they look like a big old pile of fluff yeah those are the those are the clouds that everyone loves so much yeah like the ones that you fly through in movies yeah um the pretty ones and they're like formed in the lower levels of the atmosphere like less than two thousand meters up okay but they grow vertically so they can reach much higher. They're like the iceberg of clouds. Yeah, exactly. Except for they're like an anti-iceberg. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're flipped. Yeah, yeah. Um, but hurt. like I said, there's a mixture of every type of cloud. So we're going to only talk about two different ty- two different of those mixtures. Okay. Um, nimbostratus clouds are thick, dark clouds that start relatively low to the ground. And the word stratus in there implies that it's a, sh- a sheet. But nimbo means it's like bigger. And rises up. And those ones are largely opaque rain clouds. Oh, okay. Those are my favorite clouds. Yeah, but they gets it gets it gets crazier. There's the cumulonimbus clouds. 
And those are the, like the storm clouds that have like hurricanes and shit. And they can reach from the bottom level of the atmosphere all the way to the highest levels of okay, the atmosphere. Those big ones that sometimes that, almost look like anvils. Anvils. That's yeah. the that's the typical the typical thing. And they they largely create like tornadoes and huge thunderstorms. Yeah, those things scary are clouds. Those things are always yeah, intimidating yeah. to see. I think you've probably, Jonathan, I've definitely seen those. Seen yeah. those, and I don't think I have because I grew up in the desert and now here. Um, I don't think I've probably yeah, we ever really, seen. Yeah, our, all of our clouds are not that dense. No. And just like kind of gray, but never never dark. You don't get a lot of lightning or thunderstorms out here either. Mm-hmm. Lightning, thunderstorms, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, Michigan has a bunch of those. Not so many not so many uh, tornadoes just because the dunes and the, the lakes help block the formation of that. But oh, we yeah. got a lot of big storm clouds. Is it true that tornadoes actually move towards water as well? Is that a thing? Oh, shoot. I don't I know. I think it is. I think that might be a thing. I don't know. No, I doubt it. I don't know. It might it be. It could be. I mean, the Coriolis effect has nothing to do with water. But that's that's hurricanes. Are, are tornadoes affected as much by that? Absolutely. Think about it. The top... The, top, the, the whole cumulonimbus cloud is condensing around each other itself and then the part that's more close to the equator if it's collecting at least is moving slower yeah but tornadoes aren't nearly as big as hurricanes yeah but still the local forces have a bigger impact than larger forces it has something to do with the like the pressure in the atmosphere well yeah yeah so does hurricanes yeah i think i don't know I well, should look some, into that. We'll I've do a tornadoes episode. Yeah, yeah maybe a listener before. can maybe a listener can correct us. Because it'd be cool if that was true. Well, let's talk about types of precipitation, and then I'll let you guys do another distinction. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, there are three basic categories of precipitation. There's liquid, freezing, and frozen. Um, Makes sense, yeah. Yeah. So rain is fa- falling water droplets. We all know what rain is, but drizzle is if the droplets are super small and they fall slower because they're so small it's called a drizzle i don't yeah. i don't like drizzles honestly because they they tickle my face well yeah like i'd it, rather get kind of wet honestly than have that weird tickle all over well, my face. and it just feels like drizzles hold the humidity more than rain yeah and yeah. they just last forever because it's just yeah. not getting rid of the water i feel yeah. like that's how it rains here it's just always so much wet. drizzle yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just kind of yeah i kind of like it I prefer. Well, I mean, you did come from the desert. Yeah. I, get that. I like when it starts. I don't like the six month of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, we're into the like fourth day of nice weather, and it's too damn fucking hot for me. Yeah. Already, it's I wore a, a jacket yesterday. It wasn't that hot. Um, so freezing, uh, is the second type, and that's like slush, which could be made of freezing drizzle or freezing rain. I've experienced that for sure freezing drizzle oh yeah 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 that's definitely a thing in tennessee really yeah i think i've experienced it in st george utah of all places yeah and it's like really bad like no that was freezing rain never mind (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah because it's weird because like i feel like in tennessee it'd be really hot during the summer and it rains kind of a lot in the summer there Mm. and so the rain would cool it down whereas here It'll be like cold. It'd be like really cold if it doesn't rain. But then when it rains here, it kind of warms up. I know. Yeah. It really yeah. does. Yeah. Like frequently when it's below freezing here, it just refuses to rain during the winter. Yeah. yeah. Well, or snow. You know what I mean? Like frequently yep. here, whenever it's coldest, we just have clear skies. Yeah. Yep. The third type frozen starts with snow. 
That's uh, frozen water droplets collect to each other and fall to the ground. No, no, no. Frozen starts with two sisters who, who oh, become alienated. I never saw it. I never saw it. Okay. I haven't seen that either. Um, Olaf is in that, though. That's true. <laughs> I've seen the meme. But Hale, Hale is the cool one that I learned Hale about. Hale is the freaking cool one. It is. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, if a huge thunderstorm like Cumulonimbus has a big updraft, the upper layer and the upper layers are below freezing, particles of water can rapidly be shot up into the higher layers of the atmosphere, and they gather more mass as they rise. And then if they gather too much mass, they start falling, and they continue to gather mass as they're falling down through the frozen the frozen part of the cloud. Yeah, they're like the that classic. The they're like the classic like snowball rolling down a hill, except yeah, in the air. In the air, and sometimes they can be shot up as fast as 110 kilometers an hour. Oh, like man. that air and those water droplets that are shot from the bottom of the cloud, and those cumulonimbus clouds, like I said, like are fucking huge. And so, like, as a water droplet is going up there, it's, like, going so fucking fast. And it just, like, gathers huge and more and more mass. And so I would think that the bigger the hail, either the more space or the colder it is up there. Right, right. There or are probably both, a couple of probably. factors. But, yeah, both of those should be factors in its in its size, I imagine. Yeah. So uh, Have you guys experienced, like, really big hail, the kind that can damage property? No, I think the no. biggest I've seen is, like... Maybe nickel-sized. One time I was visiting family down in L.A. when I was a kid, and um, we got... It it only lasted for like 20 or 30 minutes, and it came out of nowhere, but there was hail so big, it was uh, chipping those terracotta roof tiles. And uh, we went outside after it had finished, and the dog's water bowl, like those thick plastic water bowls, it was just destroyed. It was torn to shreds by the hail. Oh, wow. Yeah. Damn. It was, it was pretty scary as a little kid. So, yeah, it's uh, clouds and precipitation. Either you guys want dis- another either you another distinction you want to do? You got one, David? Yeah. Um, let's do, you know what? Let's do algae versus plants. So um, starting with the similarities, they both photosynthesize. They're both fully capable of photosynth- uh, yeah. photosynthesizing light into sugar. That's pretty much where the similarities end. Uh, plants are complex organisms that have lots of specialized do they, do parts. Do they have it? I'm sorry to cut you off. Do they both have the ability to photosynthesize because of convergent evolution or a, or a break in um, evolution? No. It, I, it, okay. Maybe, maybe a listener could correct me on this, but my understanding is that no, it's not convergent evolution. They actually have the same mechanism for photosynthesis. That so comes you can, from the same, the same origin. Origin, yeah, because there are actually several different ways you can photosynthesize light um, into energy uh, in a biological sense. Mm. And um, plants and algae, to my knowledge, use the exact same mechanism. So the difference really is that, so if you think about it this way, if, if like amoebas are the single celled version of animals, right? Because they go around Mm -hmm. and like hunt for food and stuff like that. Then algae is more like this is kind of like the single celled version of plants. Uh, Oh, I see. So plants have roots, they have leaves, they have stems, they have all of these specialized organelles and parts like they're highly evolved. Um, whereas algae is still very, very simple. You do end up with some algaes like kelp, which is an algae, not a plant, that okay. looks plant-like, 
but it's it's actual structure is very very simple yeah yeah it's just made all of, of the cells basically uh, bound do the together same single celled organisms that are exactly to the it's not animal, transporting nutrients it's what the, from the animal world it's what like bacteria is to like complex yeah, cellular or, organisms. yeah yep or like paramecium's or amoebas yeah exactly yeah. they are they are to plants what we are or uh, amoebas are to us okay i like that one um johnny you got another yeah i got one uh david you want to you want to tag team this one with me okay <laughs> you probably know the difference between a possum and an opossum right yes yep so an opossum this is one me dexter don't know an opossum is the only native marsupial to north america Okay. And they're those weird little big rat-looking things you see around yeah. with the creepy yeah, yeah. tails. Creepy Mostly harmless, but tails. people kill them anyway, even though they just eat a bunch of ticks and don't like... Yeah, they hoover they ticks They eat up. so many ticks. That's my favorite really? thing about them. They yeah. eat the crap out of ticks. You guys either... Either of you guys had ticks? Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, I know you had. Yeah, I know you had. You grew up in the South. I, I haven't, but my brother did. I picked ticks off my brother once, uh, no. and he hates them. I saw my mom had a tick, and what they did is they just like put a lighter to it. Yeah, yeah, some yeah. people do lighter that. Lighter yep. or a Q-tip with a little bit of rubbing alcohol, and you rub it like so it's like in your skin, and you put it under the body, and then kind of roll it up, and it makes them let go. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh, man. Quick story. When I was a kid, one time I got into a, I don't know if this is actually what they're called, but in the South, we call them seed ticks. They're really, really small-ass ticks that are hard to see. Right. And one time I got in a nest of them, had like over 100 tick bites on <sighs> oh, each God. foot, <sighs> and then they went like all the way up the legs. Yeah, it was crazy. Ooh. I had to soak my legs in like Epsom salt baths every single night and like keep For cold how many pressure nights? packs on them just so that I could like, sleep. Geez. Like around, uh, probably like four or five nights before it started going away to where I could sleep with it. Yeah, but you know. did you walk on it? Yeah, I went to school and um, whatever. You grow up in the south, you get yeah. fucking bugs on you, chiggers and and uh, ticks and all, right, all that what's kind the, of stuff. All right, this is a distinctions so episode. David, what's the difference? David between a knows what a, a possum tick? is. Yes. So so so. Oh, wait, sorry. No, let me cut it. What's the difference between a chigger and a tick? Oh, I, man, I, I don't feel, I don't I even... Feel, I, d- I almost feel like I shouldn't say chigger. Dude, you know what? Me either. Me either. I don't even know if that's what they're actually called. That's just what we People call them in the, the South. South call them that. And, and so, I don't know. in the South as far as I know. And like, I, I get why you maybe that. wouldn't want to call it that. And I don't I, really I've either, but maybe that's what one. they're called. Um, I d- I've never seen one either. You usually get them in like these... They're like these plants. I don't even know what they're called, but they're like these they have long stalks and they have these weird like white flowers on the top. Okay. And uh, usually you can get them from those things. And the difference I know between uh, chiggers and ticks is that uh, you can't really see chiggers. They just get on you. That's what. Uh, yeah, that's what I've heard, too. Yeah. One time my cousin used my mom's uh, uh, tweezers to pick a bunch of chiggers out of her legs when she was visiting us up in Michigan. And uh, she went to go get my mom the tweezers back. And my mom was God. like, nah, you can keep them. Yeah, God, Just for the, that reason, I don't know. I'm not into the self. <laughs> you know, I, you're I, not I really like into self. going out in the wild, though, so I think you'd be fine. Yeah, and you know, a weird thing for me is I don't know if I'd really recommend anybody who's not from that area to move there. But if you grow up there, you kind of just know about those things and you okay, don't care yeah. so much. Like, one of the things I noticed, like, big culture shock from moving – uh, to Oregon and then going back to Tennessee is uh, when I first moved to Oregon, 
I'd go hang out at parks and stuff with people, and people would just go like lay on the ground and stuff, and like not wear shoes. And I was like, "What are you? What are you doing? What? Are you, like, you're gonna get bugs all over you? Like, that's a bad idea." And no, they don't have that here. Oh, no, like, no, I've, I haven't, so I haven't funny. seen a tick in like six years. You're like, yeah. what are you doing laying on the ground, you dumb motherfucker? Yeah, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, good job picking all those ticks off your ball sack later. <laughs> and then they get like a lady. But we, yeah, we didn't finish though. Uh, David, possum Dave, and a possum. Yeah, so an opossum is the marsupial that. from North America, and the possum. is... Is. So possums are basically from anywhere else in the world, but really they live in South America and um, uh, the it, like the the islands in Southeast Asia um, and Australia. And so they're marsupials, just like the opossum, and they're from a similar lineage. Uh, but, but they come like in brown. Way, yeah, they come in of, so many different yeah. forms too. Like there's tree possums. Um, there's even river possums that have like a lot of lot of convergent evolution with like. Um, otters and stuff like that there are possums that have webbed feet and paddle tails uh-huh. yeah that live in south america so yeah possums versus opossums Poss- opossums there's like one the virginia opossum yep. we all know what it looks like yeah. possums there's literally hundreds of different oh. types yeah i would have no idea and they're just little they're little insectivore marsupials okay um i got implosion versus explosion oh i like this one yeah it's basically it is as it sounds an explosion rapidly sends material outwards, while an implosion rapidly sends material inwards and generally ends with something denser. Yeah. And I- implosions are usually how they take down buildings. Yeah, yeah. Yep, we're, exactly. We're, they we're, we're about to get to that. Okay. Um, some examples of implosions. That's the best example. That's what we're saving for last. <laughs> uh, submarine collapsing under the pressure of the deep is a good example of an implosion. Um, which I like didn't think about until I read it on Cora. And no, uh, yeah, if you hit them with a torpedo, they implode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If or if they just go too damn deep. Right. Of course, if they rupture. Yeah. Um, a collapsing star mm-hmm. is a like a the most typical example. So of a lot of implosions also lead to explosions. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Like with um, the collapsing star. But in the building scenario, like you guys were talking about. A bunch of targeted little explosions cause an implosion of the building. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's how yeah. you can explode an entire building in a city and not cause any real damage. You yeah. didn't explode it. You imploded, imploded it. it because it all co- coalesces in itself and becomes something that's more dense and contained. Yeah. There's actually a ton of math behind uh, building demolition. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's nuts. That's actually a pretty fun. It seems like that would be a fun career choice that I missed out on. Yeah, I saw, I saw a video just like yesterday of uh, like a building implosion in some some big city, and it was like the main camera filming it. And then right as it was imploding and starting to fall, a city bus pulled up and stopped right in front of the camera, so you didn't get to see. Uh, any of the video. <laughs> Probably just a rubberneck. Um, <laughs> yeah, they were like, "Oh, what's going on here?" So. Uh, do you guys want to do one, or do you want me to do another one? Oh, yeah. I, I, I have more. Um, just a sec. Yeah, right, I'll, let me, I'll, I'll let you guys know. I, I didn't do, another do really any research for my, uh, for my um, distinctions. Basically, what I did is I, just, I Googled things that are commonly confused, and I wrote down a list of ones that I thought I had knowledge of already. Okay, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I uh, just got on Quora. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do donkey versus mule. I know a lot of mine are living things, but yeah, it's donkey fine. versus it's mule. Fine. So, uh, Hey man, a lot of the world's living. That's true. You got to know yeah. about it. 
I mean, not like percentage wise. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I think we all know what a donkey is. It's a, uh, it it's obviously smaller uh-huh. than a horse. <laughs> uh, and they make that they make that like iconic braying commonly, yeah. commonly called a jackass yep often called a mm-hmm. jackass um so donkeys are were domesticated because they're uh they're really hardy and they're incredibly smart uh, a lot of people regard them as significantly more intelligent than horses really yes no i didn't um, know that that's actually why we have mules which i'll get to in just a sec so donkeys are very intelligent um they're great pack animals and they're just like really sturdy. They're great for transporting goods. Mm-hmm. Um, They'll take but, you right down the Grand Canyon. Yeah, exactly. But they're also um, behaviorally, they have a lot of issues. So yeah. they are very stubborn. stubborn they're non-demonstrative, which means that they don't have any interest in your approval. <laughs> basically, uh, okay. like they don't care if you want them to do something. If they don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. Yeah. And so that's when we came up with mules, which was the idea of breeding a horse to a donkey to achieve a symbiosis of the the best more tameable. Yeah, exactly. The the more tameable uh, behavioral traits with the heightened intelligence of the mule and its its stockiness, like its its yeah. ability to be used as a pack beast. Um, the, so here's where we get to big differences. Uh, a mule is actually specifically a um, a horse, a female horse. It is a female uh, horse and a male donkey, actually, that makes a male or a, a mule. Sorry, a male horse and a female donkey does not make a mule. It makes a hinny, oh, yeah. uh, which is way less common because they don't have um, a hinny. Yeah, a hinny. They're much less common because they don't have all of the behavioral uh, they don't have like the decreased aggressiveness and stubbornness that mules do. Okay. Um, so, so do they just get rid of all the hennies? Like, what do they do with hennies? Oh no, oh, no, no, they no, no, specifically... no, no, They, sorry, sorry, no, no, no. It's not the sex of the individual. born individual. It's the sex of the reproductive individuals. Exactly. Yep. Okay. So with a mule, the big difference is that the so the mule will always have its its mother, um, its mother's ears. And okay. not only that, what's what I found is interesting is they start a lot of their vocalizations with a neigh or a whinny and then break into the bray of a donkey like the ee-aw. So oh. they'll start with a ee-aw uh, cool. apparently quite a bit. And also because they're not their own species, they're actually a hybrid between yeah, two they species. Yeah, they can't breed. Horses they're have fer- a different number infertile. of... Yep. Horses have a different number of chromosomes than um, donkeys. And while they can produce offspring together because they're close enough their offspring are incapable of producing mm. um viable haploid cells yeah and so um they they can mate and reproduce but the female mules don't go into estrus female hinnies however do go into estrus and can get pregnant most of the time it doesn't work out but occasionally you can actually get a a, a hinny to reproduce with a horse and produce another offspring that's cool. But in general, yeah, they're totally sterile. Interesting. I I had no idea. Just just so you guys know, though, David didn't look any of that up. He just took a really long time to read his own damn notes. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't make good notes. No, I could see well, it in your face. You also, were like, oh, God, where is it? Where also, is it? Oh, there it is. Also, I print out my notes on a piece of fucking paper. Yeah, and I was um, relying on my... I just had to look up Henny. I couldn't remember in my notes oh, what that was Oh, so you did look called. something up? No, in my notes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I believe you. No, I actually do. I know. Oh, okay. Yeah, you so I was about to show, show you the notes application. Um, yeah, let's it, talk about plurality versus majority. Um... A majority is over 50%. Everybody knows that. So let's say an election has a 1,000 votes cast. And in order to win by a majority, you would need 501 votes. But if there were 10 candidates, and this is like a pretty unlikely scenario, but candidate A gets 118 votes, while candidate B through J get 98 votes, candidate A would win by a plurality. Okay. So a plurality is just the most votes from a given sample while not getting a majority. Gotcha. Yeah, it, it doesn't make up over half of the total sample, but it makes up the largest individual chunk. Yes. Yeah. Makes sense. I never knew that. Yeah. Um, uh, you got another, John? Uh, yeah, I got one. You guys know the difference between uh, cement and concrete? Oh, shit. No, I don't. No, absolutely no. not. I thought they were the exact same thing. No, so cement is actually the, like, the paste that's used in concrete. So, like, cement is usually, like, some... I think it's, like, like limestone kind of stuff that's ground up into a powder and then made into a, um adhesive agent. Okay. And then concrete is when you use that adhesive agent and you put a bunch of, like, broken stones and rocks and stuff like that in it to make a then cohesive... Uh, slab of something. Oh, oh man, so, so wait, like cement's like the mortar. Yeah, cement okay. is the mortar. Oh, cool. I like that one. Um, next I got. I never knew that. Next I got. Uh, ne- for the next one, I have to start with laterality, just the definition of laterality, and that's the tendency for people to to tend to favor one side of the body. Oh my God! I'm sorry. I just got rubber cement now. It's not talking about how it feels. It's a cement for rubber. Oh. It actually can bind rubber, rubber cement. You know, like the glue. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. No, thank Now you. I just get it. That's actually pretty cool. Okay, sorry. No, um, I didn't get that. I thought rubber cement was uh, just like a spongier cement because cement usually gets well, like really hard. But it's a glue that can actually hold rubbers together. Like if you try to super glue oh, rubbers together, eventually it'll just peel off. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Oh. Yeah, no, I really do. That's cool. Um, so examples of laterality are handedness, footedness, eyedness, or primary use of the left or right hemispheres of the brain. Are you going to end this one with the story about yourself? No, I don't know what you're talking about. You have a certain... Oh, no, no, no. I guess, yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk kind of about that. (laughs) Uh, but let's break it down. People who favor the right hand are 88% of people. Okay, okay. People who favor the right foot are 81% of people. Interesting. So there are people who are right-handed who are left-footed. Yes. People who favor the right eye are 71% of people. People who favor the right ear are 59% of people. I really wonder why the discrepancy. Yeah. Why isn't it nearly 50-50? I don't even know what ear I favor. I should know. Those those other ones, I'm definitely in the top... uh, yeah, I don't percentile. Yeah, I don't know which I don't know which one uh which ear. And I don't know the test. We're going to talk about the test for footedness and eyedness. 
you know if you're left or right-handed. Um, but people with the same hand and footedness is 84% of people. Oh, okay. So 84% of people have the same left or yeah. So if you're left-handed, there's 84% chance you're also left-eyed. Okay. And if you're right-handed, there's 84% chance you're the same. Uh, <laughs> same ear and eye is 61.8%. Same ear and eye is 61. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wonder if it has to do with the different jobs that the different hemispheres of the brain perform because they're not identical. I would bet so. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about regular, goofy, and switch. So in board sports like snowboarding, skateboarding, wakeboarding, and windsurfing, you have to stand perpendicular to, to the motion. So one of your feet will be the lead foot and one of the other feet will be behind. Right. Um, so regular stance, because of the, the predominance of footedness, is led with the left foot. And so your dominant foot is the behind foot. Oh, interesting. I didn't quite get that. Yeah. Okay. So regular is left foot forward and goofy is led with the right foot forward. And switch. So basically your dominant foot is the one that's providing like stability. Stability okay. and support. Okay. Um, so riding switch is depending on what, if you're regular or goofy, it's just opposite your given preference. Right. Which can be it, like someone who snowboards infrequently. It it can be really challenging. It is very to, to get into. I mean, for me, switch. I've I've snowboarded so infrequently that every time I go, I just like fall down and get hurt a lot, and then end <laughs> up hanging out in the in the lodge. I just get like by like three or four runs in, my my legs are just like so done that I can barely hold myself yeah. up. My fucking brother, he's doing backflips and shit, motherfucker. Jeez. No, I'm just kidding, Stone. I like you. Uh, I don't even know if he listens. Anyway, let's talk about how to determine footedness. Okay. I had somebody teach me how to determine yeah. footedness. I wonder if it'll... So uh, it's probably the same thing. You stand with your shoulders squared and then have somebody push you straight back. Uh, you do it a few times and the foot you tend to catch yourself with is your dominant foot. Okay. So, yeah. So what I was told when I was first like learning how to snowboard, uh, my instructor told me to run and slide across the snow oh that would probably and, also work and yeah he had me do it a couple of times and he was like oh okay you're regular i would probably always yeah i'd probably always go right foot forward um because that's my but i didn't totally foot. understand it because i didn't realize that it's your dominant foot that's backwards so when i did it no, and then no, he no. told me i was regular i was like oh i don't and, and but when you were doing it were you sliding with your right foot forward because if i were to slide i would always put my right foot forward but i am regular i think yeah, I think I did. And I think maybe that's why it was confusing when I got that on is board confusing. my left foot was forward. But if you were to be pushed with your shoulders squared, you would probably catch yourself with your right, right foot. foot. Yeah. Um, yeah, undoubtedly. You guys know I like this one, and that's how to determine eyedness. Um, and this is this is mostly for the listeners, because I've already explained this to Jonathan and David all the time. You know I, I forget, so it's for me too. Oh, you do? Yeah, I'm very okay. careful. So with both eyes open... Look at a small object somewhat far away, like on the wall across from you. Oh, yeah. And extend both hands to arm's length. Make a little triangle with your hands so that you can only see that object through the triangle. And after you've got that completed, both eyes are open. 
you got a little hand triangle going on with that little object in it. Close each eye individually. And you will notice that the object only stays in view for one eye. And uh, that eye is your dominant eye. So yeah, that's eyedness. Oh shit, my left eye is my dominant eye. Wait, really? Yeah, and you I made a small triangle. You made a big triangle. No, I know, but even doing that, I, it was really obvious to me. Okay, like, uh, and I, I think I know why my left eye is my dominant eye. So yeah, like for example, me, I'm left-eyed but right-handed, and I found that out because my dad is like really into guns and shit, and he found out that I'm left-eyed and made me shoot left-handed. So I don't even know how to shoot a gun right-handed. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm the so, so we just found out that you're left-eyed. Well, I think we've discussed this before, but it'd been a while ago. Um yeah, I'm left-eyed as well. Um my right eye doesn't see that well and I compensate with my left eye apparently. That's yeah. what an ophthalmologist told me anyhow. Um but yeah, I always shoot wrong then is what that yeah, means because if like you shoot when I shoulder you are shooting wrong. Yeah. yeah, when I shoulder a rifle, I put it against my right shoulder and, and you then dip I have to your lean head over in to get my left oh, eye wow. down the sight. Yep. And no one ever taught me how to shoot. I just got better at it by by shooting. Dexter, yeah. how are you with slingshots then? I'm pretty good. I'm good. pretty damn good. Left eyed? Yeah, yeah. Always left eyed. I'm pretty I'm pretty pretty dominantly left eyed. Like I don't know if my right eye is fucked up, but like I pretty much like only look through my left eye. I think I might be left eyed just because we'll if, do that if I close test real quick. Well if I close one of my eyes, if I close my left eye and look at you in my right eye, I can barely see you. But if I close my right eye and I look at you, I can see you clearly. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Um, you guys got uh any more distinctions? Yeah, sure, I, I only got... have one more. Okay, I got one more. All right, hit me. Bison versus buffalo. Yeah, they are good animal ones. So, um, the North American buffalo mm. is, of course, not a buffalo at all. It is a bison. So the big guy that you that you picture uh, is like the, a fixture oh. of the American Great Plains. Just running around. Like a water big, buffalo big, is a fucking buffalo. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. A water buffalo is one of the two subtypes of buffalo. And they're not related. I mean, they're so they're I mean, both bovidae. So they're both related to cows. Okay. Um, but buffalo don't look anything like bison. They look no. way more like an ox, uh, a cow. Um, so bison have this big hump on their back. They mm -hmm. have shaggy fur, especially during the winter. They have um, those massive heads. And what that, that hump and that massive head is for, actually, is um, pushing snow drifts aside so that they can get to their food. Oh, it's, it's about yeah. shoveling. They use their head to shovel snow. How does the hump help with that? The hump helps because what it does is it allows them to like lock their neck muscles into place. They have these massive shoulder muscles that keep their – like that hump isn't just like a bunch of fat like a camel. Okay. It's a mass of muscles anchored to their spine that allow them to basically lock their neck into position so that it doesn't take the strain of their head dipping and digging oh cool so they basically they put all that strain on their shoulders okay cool um and then they have kind of like short um little horns bison compared to compared to water buffalo yeah, or buffalo yeah. so buffalo um the is most common type like, is like water is it kind of like the same thing with uh possums and opossums where there are many many buffalo but only few bison so yeah there's two 
Yeah, it pretty much is. There's two types of bison. There's the North American bison, and then there's the Eurasian bison, which mostly lives in like Northern Europe, Russia, mm. stuff like that. Um, so whereas buffalo, there's tons of buffalo. There's the Cape buffalo, uh, which lives in Africa. There's the water buffalo, which lives throughout Southeast Asia. Like when you think of plowing rice paddies, they don't use they don't use um, like regular cattle, like yeah. cows, um, like we would in Europe, no, or North America. Because of the because of the nature of a rice paddy, it's it's all water. It's a big swamp, mm-hmm. and so they actually use water buffalo to do that because oh, they're much yeah. better suited to that that sort of environment. Um, and then, so to imagine like a buffalo, you want to think of like have you seen like v- pictures of like Vietnam rice paddies? That you've probably seen a water yeah. buffalo in there. Yeah. They're massive. They almost look like longhorns. Texas longhorns. They have such massive horns. Um, but other than that, they basically look like cows. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then also just as a quick aside, true mozzarella—not the stuff you buy at the supermarket—but if you ever to, were to buy like authentic mozzarella that was labeled yeah. as such, um, like it came from Italy, it has to come from a region of Italy just north of Naples um, called Campania, which is a river valley, and it is um, water buffalo—a type of water buffalo that makes mozzarella. It's not a cow. Oh, really? It's actually a water buffalo. Oh, okay. Weird. Cool. An Italian water buffalo. Very interesting. Johnny, you got another? I got some that I don't actually, I'm not, I'm not. We can uh, save them for another. This one's yeah. been pretty long. I kind of want, yeah. I kind of just want to challenge David to one. Okay, let's let's try it. See if he can tell me. Because I don't know. What's the difference between a seal and a sea lion? Oh, okay, yeah, I love this one. So, um, they're both. Pinna- I just, I just tilted my beer towards John <laughs> in a sarcastic, like, ah, oh, God damn it. You got David talking again. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. So, um, really quickly, the difference is they're, so they're both pinnipeds, uh, which is their, their, like if, if we're primates, mm. they're pinnipeds. Yeah. Um, so genus. what's that genus? No, genus is actually below species. So, like, we're Homo sapiens sapiens. There's Homo sapiens neanderthalensis. We're well, the same species. I know species. that. That's why. Or is, is there, pinnipeds family. a family? It's family, yep. Okay. Um, so, but they split off a while ago from each other. And seals are actually, in some regards, better adapted for the water and less adapted for land. So, seals, I think I said seals, right? Yeah, seals don't have external ear structures. They have ear holes. Yeah. Um, they also... Their back feet are permanently fused, or their hip is fused, so that their back feet always point backwards. So seals, when they when they get on land, yeah, they, they don't have, have to do those that little... lumbering. They have to do that lumbering motion where they kind of like inch, you know, they slug themselves forward. Whereas sea lions can actually, and fur seals, which are a, a kind of like sea lions, they can turn their hip isn't fused, and so they can turn their back feet forward and walk on them and also here's the easiest one for people i think sea lions go (laughs) seals don't make that kind of noise they don't really make much noise at all (laughs) yeah sea lions just smash the fuck out of your car oh yeah i saw that one that was a big old fur seal i think that was a northern first or a stellar first sea lions get giant um let's end it with mixture solution yeah okay so this one's pretty simple. A mixture is a combination of two or more things, and a solution is a mixture where one of the substances dissolves into the other. 
Right. So, so like you could you could mix sand and dirt or <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. pick two. Literally. But like a, a a mixture can be filtered. Okay. But a, sorry, a solution is also a mixture, but a solution can't be filtered out because it's part of the same substance now. At least not with traditional filtering methods yeah, that we think yeah. of, right? Like you can use like osmosis or whatever to get salt out of water, but yeah, you can't uh, you can't just like put it through a sieve and get the salt out of it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, anyway, that's all I got about distinctions. Oh, really quickly, <laughs> um, an interesting thing about solutions with water: mm. if you take distilled water and try to run an electrical current through it nothing will happen. It is a myth that water is conductive to electricity. It is actually not at all conductive under normal circumstances to electricity. Normal circumstances is not. Wait, just a moment. I'm just, I'm just saying. Well, I mean, there are types of extreme water that exist in other worlds that are conductive to electricity without a solution. Okay, okay, uh, go on. So basically, without anything in the water... It can't conduct electricity at all. As soon as you start dissolving ions in the water, salts like chlorine yeah. or sodium or any of those things, um, now those ions can move three freely throughout the water and they conduct an electrical charge. Oh. Distilled water can't actually conduct electricity at all. You have to make it dirty. Interesting. No, I didn't know that. Uh, but that is it for this episode. The explanations is recorded Today at Sprout City Studios in Eugene, Oregon. It's a Rabbit Pen production. It's produced, edited, and provided them sweet licks by Jonathan Cunningham. Hey, mm -hmm. John. And in this episode, help it co-starred. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Co-hosted. I never give you credit for co-hosting. I'm not going to give Jonathan credit for co-hosting. Oh. Um, if you want to support this show, go to patreon.com slash Dexplanations or leave a review on iTunes. And like we said, it's been a, re a year since the release of Vision. And uh, it's fucking crazy that we've been doing it for a year. It, it, seems like, know, it, it seems like the year happened slower than the Dexplanations. Do you know what I mean? Like, it seems like it doesn't seem like that long ago that we started Dexplanations. But what I was doing a year ago is like so far away from what oh, I'm yeah. doing now. Our lives have changed significantly since yeah. a year ago, but oh, like yeah. it doesn't seem like Dexplanations has been going on all that yeah, long. Yeah, like I had different roommates. I wasn't going to be like living by myself, and I'm so excited. Oh, yeah, listener, I'm going to be living by myself. And I'm well, stoked about Well, you have Lemon. Oh, yeah, Lemon, of course. She didn't pay rent, though. Yeah, she don't. She she's not. She's not. She doesn't like my jokes either. But a year in this feels so cool. Like yeah. we're here in a recording studio. We've started to get like awesome fucking swag and from... feedback and like support and i just i want to thank uh pretty much i really want to thank the twitter community everyone on instagram everyone who's ever listened to the show other podcasters people too. who have reached out other podcasters like the community has just been great to us the podcasting community is fucking choice and gold and uh yeah if you're listening to this right now thank you so much um also, like, huge thanks to every single patron we've ever had, current and past. Like, if you have been a patron for a minute and aren't anymore, still, thank the, f thank you. Oh, yeah, if like, you've ever given us any amount, like, that, that just, that helps us out so much. It, it just does. also gives us, like, 
a sense of validation to yeah, at least me. Honestly, like it, it I, yeah, specifically. Yeah. And me too, probably even more than you more. Yeah. I would imagine. Um, so. I didn't want to speak for you, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you. I almost want to cry right now, but <laughs> no, cry. <laughs> cry. you're going to cry boy. Likely we got a bunch of things <laughs> wrong. If you want to tell me about it or just want to bullshit, hit me up at dexplanationspodcast at gmail.com. Tweet me at Dexplanations. Comment on Instagram. Hit me up on the Facebook or wherever the fuck else you can find us. I'll bring it up in a later episode or do an episode about it. Oh, and as for you, you have a sharp mind and a quick wit. Bye now. Bye. Bye.